Uh, hey, we're talking about getting God out of our box. And some of you are just like that guy. Some of you, do you remember coming back to church for the first time or coming to church at all? And it's like, uh, no, 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 no. And I'm going to go back to the coffee shop. Um, we're glad you're here. At K2, we always try to take God out of the box that you brought him in and find out who he is and from his word and how we can truly know who God is and to worship him. And so today, that's what we're working on. Today, we're talking about holiness, that God is holy, that he's completely, completely holy. In fact, his word says that, that he is, is like an all-consuming fire, all right? So we're going we're gonna to get started with that today, that he is like an all-consuming fire. So watch this video clip, and we'll get started. Welcome. fire just warms you up, man. In fact, we used to heat our whole house with wood-burning fire. We used to sit by that puppy all the time. In fact, the whole family gather around. It's just like camping. Yeah. You know, it's cool, too. I mean, I love camping. And uh, my favorite part, one of my favorite parts is when the day's done, it's dark outside. Yeah. Just sitting around, and that one glow in the middle of all the darkness is fire brings us light, and and then I just get caught in it, man. It just, you do. You just get mesmerized by it. So those coals, they dance, and it's like, yeah, it's magic. Right now this fire is just consuming this, uh, this wood, you guys. And as we're talking about God and trying to get him out of the box, one of the things that happened to the Israelites is, man, God totally huh. revealed himself and exploded their idea of who he was. And he used fire in a powerful way, and he revealed himself as the all consuming fire huh. and and Moses goes up on the mountain with the Lord and and he's affected by it greatly so much that his face shone uh, from being in the presence of God yeah and they stayed back yeah, so this fire is mesmerizing but uh you gotta wonder what an all-consuming fire would look man like. Feel that? I can hear it. The sound is amazing. So you guys, now this is something a little bit different than a nice little campfire. And what's wild is, is holy smoke, seriously, how much you can feel the heat coming off that guy. But imagine now an entire mountain being engulfed like that. But what God was saying, yeah. he was saying that he was a jealous God. And somehow, saying consuming, being a consuming fire was matching being jealous. And with God, man, that fire, his, his jealousy is, is for you and for me. And we're worried about it and we're, we're fearful of what it means. What does it look like to step into the fire with God? Because we're worried about what gets burned up. But, but in his word, we find that he, 
man, he purifies us and draws us to himself. He burns away the stuff that keeps us from him. You know, seriously, like the thought of getting any closer. Yeah. Um, there's a, I, I, I'm just not going to do it. And sometimes we feel like that with God. We go, man, if I get too close to God, it actually starts to hurt. To be honest with you, yeah. my leg's feeling it. <laughs> and, um, and sometimes when you get really close to God, you start to feel it. And, it, and it can be painful. And many times we stop uh, pursuing him oh. and uh, because he can freak us out a little bit. But man, we want to encourage you to enter in. God encourages us to enter in. Because if we do, if we'll go in and go through the fire um, of his holiness, on the other side is something unbelievable. Well, the truth is there is something that's unbelievable and uh, and it's kind of like this man it's unbelievable that God who calls us into his raging holiness man the goal of it is that that there would be connection and and just relational unity with him on the other side of it I heard a guy say one time that if we'll go through the purifying fire of God that we find that on the other side of that is like sitting in a living room in a close, intimate relationship with God. And uh, it's comfortable, it's relaxing, it's restful, and it's complete. And that's what God wants for us. It's interesting, in the Old Testament, always God said, be holy, because I'm holy. And the way we've taken that ever since is, is this list of rules that you, you try to be holy and you try to work and we always come up short you yeah. know and and then God in Christ does it for us and gives it to us makes us holy yeah. uh, like even in Hebrews 10 um, where Jesus just says um, man says to God here I am verse 9 I have come to do your will and then verse 10 and by that will we've been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all you know what, I, I, it never stops blowing me away that the will of God is for us to be made holy. Yeah. Two, two chapters later it says God wants us to share in His holiness. Holy is just everything that's good, everything that's right, everything that's perfect, everything that's pleasing, because it's everything that God is. And He goes, I want you yeah. to share in that with me, man. Just like hanging in a living room. Mm-hmm. Just share this intimate relationship with me. And uh, I love the fact that that's God's will. Yep. So here's the thing, K2. We got these boxes that we've been putting God in. And the truth is, is that God's holiness is, is far beyond all of our boxes. If we really look in the face of his holiness, man, it destroys our box. And, and then at the same time, this right here, this, this intimacy, this connection kind of fire that God desires from his holiness with him as well, that he gives to us in his son, This is far more connected than anything we could imagine. So for the last four weeks, we've been talking about these. We've been talking about our boxes. Uh, Every one of you has one of these, uh, just not on your lap right this morning, but imagine this on your lap, and imagine this being your, your God box that 
that literally you have a box that, that you've kind of said, okay, God, you fit inside this box. This is kind of who I learned you were when I grew up. This is the stuff that works well for me that I've read in the Bible, that I've heard from other people. God, you fit in, in this parameter. You fit in this way of thinking for me. Does that make sense? We all kind of have these. We need a box. There's nothing wrong with a box. It's just that the box needs to be correct. Do you understand what I'm saying? We need to have God actually in the box, not a God in our own image. And so the reality is the last few weeks we've been talking about some big, big issues with God. And last week, remember, we talked about the Trinity and just that God actually has to be Trinity. That He has to be plural because he's love. And we'll talk about that in a minute. And so things that are in our box. And with this issue of holiness, a lot of us, uh, whether we were in church or not, we grew up, we heard this word holy. And there's something even about the word holy, okay, that immediately I know I'm far from holy, right? Even as I say the word, it sounds far off. It sounds distant. It sounds like, ooh, and depending on your upbringing, maybe it's, it's a holy, angry God who's just about to squash you. Or it's a, uh, a holy God that wants nothing to do with you. You don't, you don't fit here. Or, or maybe holiness looked like, uh, like a set of rules or a, a list that you never could make. And so you never participated. And so when we talked about holy, we know that, man, there's some, there's some baggage that we have with this word. And so we want to we wanna find out about holy from God. Because God says that he is holy. All right, so we're going to start, and uh, this morning, uh, let me just tell you where we're going, because, just like the video, because uh, we have so much to cover that uh, I'd rather have you hear it right now and then catch a couple things along the way, all right? So so the holiness of God, uh, I just want to say that for whether you're here checking God out, uh, whether you've been walking with Jesus for 15 or 20 years, the holiness of God, now get this, I think that we are... We are, too ca- we are more casual about the holiness of God than we ought to be. And then secondly, uh, I think that we, we think the holiness of God keeps us away from him. And, and the holiness of God is actually what, brings, uh, what he uses to bring us in and make us holy. It's because he's holy that the intimacy that God wants for us to have with him is far greater than anything we expect. Does that make sense? So, so God is, is holier, and we ought to treat him holier than we do, than we usually do in our box. And then, and then secondly, he wants to be closer and more intimate with us than we normally, than we normally expect as well. All right, we're going to start in Revelation. Uh, this is a song that you're going to be singing in the future. Um, and uh, so you might as well get to know it now if you don't know it. It's a song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. In Revelation, it says that Man, the the great multitudes sing this song of praise to God. And it says like this. It says, And they sang the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. Great and marvelous are your deeds, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of the ages. Who will not fear, O Lord, and bring glory to your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. Okay? Song just declaring the holiness and the greatness of God. Now, now check out the response. First of all, the holy. This word holy, um, 
It's made up of two ideas, okay? So the first idea is separation, all right, which we kind of talked about. So this idea that God is wholly set apart. He is, he is perfectly set apart, okay? So God is wholly separate, and, and he is bright, okay? Those two ideas come together to make up the word holy, that he is separate and he is bright. He is blindingly bright and pure and clean, Okay, and so in Revelation it says he is the only one who is holy. Okay, he's perfect. There are no flaws in him. Okay, and how does he reveal it? He reveals it through his righteous acts. Okay, God's holiness is not in a vacuum. It's not off separate. It's it's revealed in how he acts. And when when actions take place, actions take place uh, in relation to something or someone. Right. Okay. Now, if you were here last week, uh, and if you if you missed last week, man, listen to it online. Uh, tell somebody you want a CD. I'd love to have you listen to it over and over. We talked about the Trinity. How many of you were here last week? Okay, Trinity. Last week, uh, most of us have been told, and somebody said this week in our small group, they said, you know, I've always believed in the Trinity, but it's just because I was told you got to take it by faith, right? How many of you have felt that way? Okay, God is three in one. I believe in God, so I. I got to understand that, and I mean, I just got to believe it because it doesn't make sense. And so last week, man, Dave taught us really well from the word that that God says right from the start that He is plural. He is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and that God also says that He is He is love. Okay, and love by just by nature of love, love doesn't just love self. Love love always expresses itself towards other. It's by nature other-centered, okay? And so if God is not just loving, okay, you can be an individual who is loving towards others, but if God at the core of who he is is love and other-centered, because God existed, if we go back a couple weeks, we talked about God existing before time, right? That God is beyond time, he's beyond space, and so if God was by himself before anything was created, all right, follow me here for just a second, if God was by himself and he is by nature love and other-centered, then he has to be plural. He has to be able to express that love to someone else. And so God is, remember what Dave said, one in essence and three in persons, okay? One what and three who's, remember that? So by nature, okay, God is different than all the other supposed gods of the world uh, because he is three in one. And so uh, we come here, and it says that his holiness shows up in his righteous actions, okay? So you know someone is holy when they interact with you. How many of you uh, have ever bumped into someone in life, and you walk away thinking, wow, that's a good person, right? Have you ever had that? In, wow, that person is different, okay? Now, never mind exactly why that person is different, but how did you know it? How did you get your perception that that person was good? It's because of an action, right? It's because either a story someone told you about them and how they acted with someone else, or it's because of a situation that came up and they acted with great integrity, okay? Does that make sense? The actions prove out the character. And so here, God's holiness shows up in his righteous deeds, okay? Back to the text. Um, Now, here's the thing. It says that, Always, all nations are coming, and they will glorify and fear him. They will revere him and fear him. That's not language we use 
all the time. Uh, because we talk about God as love. If you've become a follower of Christ, you have Christ living in you to, to lead you, guide you, reveal the scriptures to you, to correct you. To, but, but I don't wake up every day thinking, man, I love fearing God. We don't use that word, right? And so it says here, it says that we, okay, we will fear him. Who will not fear you, O God? All right, go to Exodus uh, chapter 3. Moses, this is before he wrote this song, when Moses first bumped into God in this way. Moses bumps into God at the burning bush, and uh, the Lord uh, calls out to him from within the burning bush out in the desert. He says, Moses, Moses, verse 4. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Then he said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Okay? You and I don't often, okay, think this way. We don't come in here and and take off our shoes. And most Sundays, you sit like that with a cup of coffee. We don't think about being in God's presence like this. You know, there's other religions that act this way that don't even worship a real God. And truth be told, I'm more inclined to sit back in my couch with a cup of coffee and talk to God Because he's given that to us in his son, right? But still, the holy God of the universe has called out to you and sent his son to die for you. And any time in the word of God where someone comes face to face with God, this is their response. Every time. Every time. On their face. In worship. Moses was here. The disciples were here. I want to ask you, how long has it been since you've been there? On your face before God. Just saying, God, you are worthy of my life. God, you are holy other, and I am not. And the fact that you chose me, the fact that you died for me, the fact that you sent your son for me. And Moses is on his face before God. Deuteronomy 4.24 says, God is a jealous and consuming fire. In that video, um, it's funny, after we shot that, uh, I looked at... uh, Actually, Dave looked at my back, and he's like, oh, man, it's too bad. The back of your coat got burned up, and, uh, <laughs> literally. And, uh, and then he, uh, he processed that for a second, and his eyes got real big, and he took his coat off, and the back of his coat was burned up, too. <laughs> he didn't mind so much, but it was just mine. <laughs> and... Uh, Man, God is a consuming fire. Have you ever seen a fire take off into the, into the bushes or into the trees? Have you ever felt it roar 
And it does. It consumes everything in its path. And God says that he is jealous for you. Not a stingy, petty, jealous. He is jealous for you. You are his child. Parent, mom, dad, are you jealous for your children, for their safety and for their well-being? Are you passionate about that? Absolutely you are. He says he's jealous for us. And it's like a raging fire, consuming everything in its path. Matthew 17, 5 through 6. So the disciples, Peter, James, and John, go with Jesus up the hill, up the mountain. And uh, he takes them there for this experience. And I just, see, Peter, James, and John are a little different situation than Moses because they ate with, they slept with, they, they hung out with, they they toured around. They taught with Jesus. So they were pretty used to Jesus, right? They were pretty accustomed. Even though he took their breath away on occasion, they were pretty accustomed to being with him. And so the disciples, they go up on the mountain with him, and they don't quite know exactly what's going on. And uh, the disciples are up there, and, man, it says that Jesus is transformed, that he, he shines like the sun, okay? And then Elijah and Moses show up there with him, on, on the mountain, and, and they're a bit nervous, and still, they, they, they aren't on their face, they aren't, um, actually, what Peter says is, uh, hey, hey uh, Jesus, um, and you get the sense that he's a little bit nervous, and he says, hey, let's make uh, some shelters, one for you, and one for Elijah, and one for Moses, and, and they get the sense that they're in this holy place, and somehow they need to pay tribute, and then God speaks, and here's what he says, he says, this is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they heard the voice of God. They fell face down on the ground, terrified. You see, you and I, like the disciples, we spend so much time with Jesus. For those of you who walk with Jesus, man, we, we read, we talk to him, we, we even tell other people about him. Maybe we, maybe we serve in Adventure Canyon, and, and we're so used to the story of the gospel. We're so used to spending time with Christ. We're so used to asking him for direction in life, kind of like the disciples, that we forget, man, this is the holy God of the universe. And when they recognize God just spoke to us face down in fear. And their reverence is not cowering because God wants to squash them. In fact, we'll see that these same disciples, they walk away from this with more intimacy with Jesus. They go into this fire, they go into this, and they walk away closer to him and closer to understanding the stuff that he has for them. But they were terrified. And so the question for you is, man, do we spend enough time saying, God, you are holy and I am not? The band is going to come on up and we're going we're gonna to worship here because we want to stop right here and we want to say, God, you are holy. You are so much more than I take you for. You are so much more than I put in my box. You are so much more than a quick prayer with my cup of coffee. You are so much more than I usually remember. Would you stand with me as we pray?
and as we worship. Lord God, we want to come before you and give you praise. God, you are holy. You've come to live inside those who believe, those who you've forgiven. Your Holy Spirit resides in us. And God, we just confess that we take that too casually. God, you are holy, holy, holy. Father God, we just come to you in these moments of praise and just ask that you come on to us and just pour your Holy Spirit into this room and testify like a burning fire to our souls of how great of a God you are. How you would come to this earth and die on a cross so we can be forgiven, God. How awesome and how wonderful are you, God. Amen. 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 You can have a seat. Man, God, you are holy, holy, holy. It's like that raging fire. Man, you are holy. And we stand in awe of you, God. First John 1 John 1.5 says this. It says, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. He is raging light, raging pure, raging holy, and in him there is no darkness. And that's awesome. We give you praise. But instantly, where does that take you? Where does that take me? See, when I think of God as light and in him there is no darkness, I know right away, man, God, there's, there's some darkness in me. And, and if there's no darkness in him, okay, and one plus one equals, man, that I must be pretty far away from him. If there's no darkness in him at all, I've got a problem because I know there's darkness around me. I know there's darkness here. I, so God must be a long ways off from me right? If God is light and in him there's no darkness and I have darkness, then, then I must not be in him, right? And that's, that's what holiness is, is that God is holy other. And so as people, we have, we have a problem because this great, great holy God is all light and there's no darkness in him at all. Hebrews 12, 14 goes even farther. It's talking to Christians, and it says, it says this. It says, if, uh, it says, make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy, for without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And I told you that you and I, we spend our time trying to do holy works so that it, it covers up the rest, and, and so that, man, if I'm holy, then then maybe I'll see the Lord. Maybe my light, maybe some light of righteous deeds, maybe that'll cover up what is dark. Isaiah 5.16 says this. It says, God shows his holiness in his righteous acts, which you said before. The Lord God Almighty will be exalted by his justice. The holy God will show himself holy by his righteousness. His righteous deeds, his justice, his character proves out his holiness. And so all the while, while I praise and while I stand in awe and while I even bow down, because God's word says that eventually everyone bows to him. Everyone says, you are holy. And when I stand in, it's like, um, you ever been at a game and it just 
just the right series of events, man, creates this amazing play, whether it's basketball or football or a kickoff return. Or Have you ever been in that situation? Have you ever been there? And the whole crowd just involuntarily, whoo! Right? Am I not right? Even if you're a pretty stoic person, right? Just involuntarily, because it's awesome. And in the same way, in the same way, when you look at God's holiness, it is. It's awe. And it's fear. But it leaves me with a problem. Because the more righteous and the more holy I see him as, the, the more I know I, I, I've got a problem. I'm far away from that. In Matthew 23... They asked Jesus uh, about the law. They said, Jesus, what, what's the most important law to keep in order to be righteous, in order to be holy? What's the most important thing you can do to, to be holy? Because most of us go down this thought, when we know that God is holy, let's try to be as holy as we can to appease him. And he says this, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. And Jesus says, if you want to be righteous, love. If you want to be holy, work it out in, in loving righteous acts in relation to others around you, in relation to God, in relation to others. And we find that we're at the same place we were last week where God is love and he is from eternity past loving in relationship. And he says, if you want to be holy, be like me. Love God and love others. And yet we still find ourselves falling short of that. In First Peter, Peter calls back in chapter 1, Peter calls back to, to the Old Testament because in all of Old Testament time, from the time we started to get to know God, God said, be holy as I am holy. And it only makes our problem more acute in knowing I'm not holy. God, what can I do with that? Because I'm not holy. You, you've forgiven me. Maybe you as a Christian, you've, you've come and you know that you're forgiven, but am I still, still supposed to try to be holy? Or maybe you're new here and this is all you've ever heard. Man, I've got to come to church and be good. And so is this just more of the same? Be good because God is good. So try to be good as you can because God is good. And so Peter makes it even more pointed. And so God is righteous, God is holy, but we're not. So where does that leave us? Does that leave us with the grand fire that we stand in awe of, that we don't want to get too close to, but we know it's awesome, but we walk away and our coat is burned up? Is that where it leaves us? Because the second part of that, where we're, we're snugly by the fire with a cup of coffee and there's relationship, when I read, be holy as I am holy, I'm, I'm not getting there. It's not taking me there. If anything, it takes me the opposite direction. Do you understand what I'm saying? So here we go. Hebrews, in chapter 10, this is what, this is what God says uh, about Christ uh, in Hebrews. He says that Christ came into the world and, and that there was this problem, that all, all of, of Jewish history... Um, they, they came to make sacrifices. They came to do acts of worship to cover up their sin. 
okay? They came to make animal sacrifices, to pray, sometimes in the right posture, to do all of these right things. And you may or may not have grown up in a system of religion that gave you all sort of things to do in order to be holy, okay? And and that's that's exactly what Hebrews is speaking to, and it says this. It says, "Sacrifice sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. This is Jesus speaking to God. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, O God. Okay, so Christ offered himself. Here I am. Okay, you don't take all of these other actions. Take, take me. Here I am. You've given me a body. Take me. Okay, and by that will, by the will of Christ, the Son, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Okay, so holiness was achieved through Christ once for all. Forgiveness was achieved once for all. Not through our actions, not through our works, not through our, our good-isms and our righteous acts and our sacrifices for where we mess up. Achieved once for all through Christ. Now, if you go down to verse 14, it goes even further. Uh, he says this, Because by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made Holy. Okay, by one sacrifice, the sacrifice of Christ, he has made perfect forever. Okay, so it's, get this, if you've, if you've said, Jesus, I believe in you, forgive my sin, then the word says you have already been made perfect forever. Okay, past tense, done deal, done. You've been made perfect forever. When God, this, this is why, net effect, you and I are so used to this. Because we hear that we've been made perfect forever, and we give great rejoicing to that. But here's what it goes on to say. It says, those who are being made holy. We are made perfect forever, and we are still being made holy. Okay? Some of you can look five years in the, in the rearview mirror, ten years in the rearview mirror, and you're like, oh, God, thank you. Man, I, I look back and, man, I, I'm still a train wreck, but God, thank you. Thank you for what you've done in my life. I know it has nothing to do with me. And you're being made holy. Not because you're so great or because you work so hard, but because of God's grace working in you. See, he comes for those who believe and he makes us holy, and then he makes us holy. He he sees us as holy, and then we start to walk it out and flesh it out, and, and he does that in us. Okay? Uh, Colossians. We'll go even further. In Colossians, he says this. He says, once you were an alienated from God. That's before. And some of you here this morning are alienated from God. You just are. You've heard of God. You're maybe even pursuing him and approaching him right now. But, but until you believe in Christ, until you say, Jesus, I believe you're God. You're God's son and, and you died for my sins. Forgive me. Until you're there, you're alienated from God. And he says, once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you wholly in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Okay? Go even further. He, God, presents you through Jesus without blemish. Perfect. Holy. Without blemish. And beyond accusation. Free from accusation. How many of you have accusations 
that come up in the back of your head from time to time. Ah, you'll never. You're still. And look at you. How dare you? What do you think you are? I know what you are. The Bible says that there is an accuser, and his name is the devil, and that he is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And if you're a person who constantly hears accusation, I just want to let you know that, that that's the accuser, that God doesn't speak accusation to you. He sees you as the Holy One. He sees you spotless and blameless. And when you hear those third-person accusations, because some of you hear them all the time, and I want to encourage you, say, God, free me from this. Jesus has freed me from it. I don't want to believe lies. Free me from the accusations of the evil one. Because they aren't true. his plan for eternity. It says it's God's plan for eternity that he would choose us and make us his own and make us holy and, and right with him. See, when God made us right with him, he invites us into unity. He invites us into relationship with him. Literally, the transition from the roaring fire to the fireplace. Literally, from the, the holy wrath of God separating us from him into close unity with him. I love the part that it says that this gives him great pleasure. Do you know that that God derives great pleasure from having you close to him, made holy and blameless in his son? Great pleasure. God finds in having you nearby. Now the truth is, we don't experience this all the time. We not only don't experience the the holy, holy, holy God at his feet worshiping, but we don't experience that intimacy. What are some of the things that can keep us? Because we know there's plenty of stuff that can keep us from here. We can just decide, God, I'm not going there. I don't want to do this this morning. You know, there's all kinds of ways we can say, God, I don't, I don't care. Um, there's all kinds of ways that we can miss the intimacy because not only is God far holier than we typically put in our box, but he wants to have close intimacy that he derives great pleasure from because of his son Jesus with you. How can we mess it up? Many of you uh, reject the work of Christ, just putting it plainly. Um, God is like that jealous fire and he is jealous for you if you're here and you're holding out you still got doubts you still got questions totally understand that we just want to let you know that god loves you his passion for you his his jealousy for you is like that for his child and it's great and he wants you close so many of you reject that and for you this morning and the way to the way to get that out of the way is to is to humble yourself and to repent and say god I need your forgiveness. Forgive me. Many of us treat God casually, kind of like the disciples first did. You know, you, uh, 
hey, you know about Jesus, you're here, it's cool, uh, I'm going to kind of stand and watch, and I'm not going to get too loud, I'm not going to get too carried away, God, I, I feel like there's some things in my life I need to change, but God, that's cramping my style, my box is pretty much set. Some of you, and you treat God way too casually, even as somebody who's, who's a follower of him. I want to encourage you. Do you have much on your FaceTime with God? Do you have much sitting before God on your knees, time with him and saying, God, God. Or some of us, we, all of us, not some of us, all of us, when we sin in the face of God, man, we can mess up that fireplace. But God's word says, if you confess your sin, ask for forgiveness, say, God, forgive me. Then he cleanses us and and brings us right back. You don't pay penance to get back, you're right back in unity with him. So for us this morning, as we continue in worship, the band's going to come up and lead us more, I want to encourage you. Man, this morning, repent. Say, God, forgive me. Bring me close. And restore my, my awe of you. And restore my expectation for intimacy with you, that I would actually hear from you, that I would actually know you, that I would actually know what this week is supposed to be about, that I would know what my life is supposed to be about. God, keep me close to you. In Colossians 3.12, it says this, says that, that he, he loves us and he's made us holy. Uh, it says, so we are chosen by God for this new life of love. Dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. Um, it, it says that God chose us from forever ago, from before time. He chose us to be holy. And it says... Put on that wardrobe of holiness. Not as an act because he sees you as holy. So walk it out. The Bible says, you know it's not going to be perfect, but start to wear the clothes of holiness. So this morning, man, repent. Say, God, forgive me. And cleanse me. God, I want to walk in the holiness you put in, carved out for me, that you clothed me in. Would you clothe me in your holiness, God? Lord God, would you, would you humble us this morning? Not in a way, God, that makes us feel scorched by the fire, but a, a way that draws us in because your holiness, God, is too much for us. God, if we harden our hearts, we get scorched. But you want to bring us in and take the, the rubbish away, take the, the stuff that isn't of you. You want to take it away so that you can give us your good life, eternal life now, your word says. So God, we, we come before you, we lay our lives before you. God, as we remember the sacrifice of your son, Jesus, right now, with the bread and the cup, God, we want to, we want to declare that you are holy and that your son through the sacrifice of his body and his blood he made us holy God we cannot 
understand it. We can't believe it, but, but God, we say thank you. And we worship you because you, you brought us close to you with your love for us and your holiness. take the cup and take the bread and and worship him